Like as you see other institutions or banking cannabis and nothing's happening to them, you feel comfortable. As more、mm-hmm. states come online, as more businesses come online, as now it's some businesses are in fact doing well. It's a, it's a multi-billion-dollar industry now. What are institutions thinking? Hey, maybe we can make some money here. Now it's important to point out. It's true. No institution has gotten into trouble for banking cannabis. Now, one credit union did get their wrist slapped. They weren't told to stop doing cannabis. What they were told was. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on MJ Bulls, we are joined by Peter Su, the Senior Vice President of Green Check Verified. Peter, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate you being on the show, and I had to come clean to our audience. <laughs> I, I completely blew Peter off a couple weeks ago, so this is my my bad. I I, I just blanked on our interview, and I, I completely missed it. But I'm so happy that you're back on because we have a lot to talk about, and I know our audience is going to enjoy listening to, to to what you're doing. And I'm excited to talk about it. It seems like what you're doing is impossible. <laughs> Green Check Verified en- enables financial institutions to safely offer their services to legal cannabis companies. I'm going to say that again. They <laughs> safely allow cannabis companies to to use financial institutions, which I don't know. It just everything I've ever heard says that does is not possible. For years and years and years, we've heard unless we get safe banking to pass, cannabis companies cannot use banks. How are you able to do it? <laughs> Well, so in order to understand safe banking, first you have to understand something called BSA, Bank Secrecy Act. Keep in mind, I am way oversimplifying here. So for your、uh, yeah, please for your please, audience, because we are on, yeah, <laughs> for your audience members that might be like banking experts, don't come at me. I'm, I'm oversimplifying this to for for understandability. Bank Secrecy Act essentially says that that you your The person, the bank secret, the, the the BSA officer for a bank or compliance officer for a bank, has a personal and institutional responsibility to keep illicit funds out of the financial system. So you are the last gatekeeper. Someone has committed a crime. There is illicit funds. How are they going to put it into the the financial system? Through your institution, you are the last line of defense. So. Cannabis is federally illegal by definition. Proceeds from that business, it's it's federally illegal. Thus, it's money laundering.、Mm-hmm. So, what? Why do you people think that you cannot bank cannabis? Well, on paper, there is that risk. In other words, no lawyer can come to you and say, "Oh, absolutely, the feds will not do anything to your bank," because on paper. That is always possible, as you, right for every business.、Mm-hmm. You're, you're a state,、yeah. state legal licensed business somewhere. The feds can come in there and shut you down. That is fact. That's also fact for the bank. <laughs> so, how is it possible? Well, the Cole memo came out. From the Cole memo, everything kind of trickled down from there. Every federal agency essentially filed suit and said, "Well." From the Cole Memo, we will base our regulations. So, banking regulators, FinCEN, in 2014, FinCEN is Financial Crime Enforcement Network. In 2014, they released a set of guidance. So, FinCEN 2014 guidance, and it basically says, "Hey, if you're going to bank cannabis, make sure you do this." So, in other words, we, as your primary regulator, here are our expectations.
So it doesn't say you can, it doesn't say you should. It says, if you're going to do it, you're an institution, you've decided I'm going to ban cannabis. Well, here's what we're going to look for when we come and examine your bank, your credit union. Now, FinCEN 2014 guidance is essentially a copy and paste of the Cole Memo. The issue, of course, when we think about it is the Cole Memo was a set of priorities that then Attorney General Cole set for state attorney generals. So in other words, this is what state and federal prosecutors are are looking for. Some of those don't really make sense once you translate them into a financial institution. So for example, make sure that you're not selling to minor, 21 and under. Make sure that there's no interstate commerce. Make sure it's not on federal land, things like that. Might make more sense from a prosecutorial standpoint, but from a financial institution perspective, if you think about it, how do we know if you're selling to minors? (laughs) Like, you don't really, you're like, like, we will ask you, we'll we'll give you a piece of paper, you attest. That said, that the answer to your question is FinCEN 2014 guidance. Believe it or not, despite all the urban legends about how there's no cannabis banking, there is actually a very clear set of guidance. It's, It's clear that it is guidance. It's not a set of rules. It's not regs. This is guidance from a primary regulator who says, when, if you're going to bank cannabis, here are our expectations. I see. I see. Yeah. And, and so essentially what you've done is you found a network of financial institutions that are comfortable following those guidelines yeah. and therefore are willing. So, 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 hey, that's the question. So let's get nuanced on that, right? In the beginning, so we're talking early days of Colorado, California. Yeah, literally the industry was unbanked. No bank, no, no credit union would touch it at all. And again, because mm-hmm. of what we just discussed, right? Eventually, more and more started dipping in. All right, let's try it. And, and, and as time progresses, a couple of things happen. In fact, Vincent has a statistic. They track what they believe to be the number of institutions banking cannabis. Now, I want to I be clear. Most insiders believe that Vincent's numbers are way off. <laughs> they say that today there's 700-ish financial institutions banking cannabis. We think okay. there's no way there's anywhere near that number. We think it's closer to like 200, maybe 250. But if we if we trace it back in 2016, Vincent believed there was 300-ish financial institutions. So, and I promise I'm getting around to your question. So what happens? Well, two things really. One, just passage of time, right? Like as you see other institutions are banking cannabis and nothing's happening to them, you feel comfortable. As more mm-hmm. states come online, as more businesses come online, as now it's some businesses are in fact doing well. It's a, it's a multi-billion dollar industry now. What are institutions thinking? Hey, maybe we can make some money here. Now, it's important to point out, it's true. No institution has gotten into trouble for banking cannabis. Now, one credit union did get their wrist slapped, specifically cited in their con- consent order, your cannabis banking program. Now, even in that scenario, they weren't told to stop doing cannabis. What they were told was, you're no good at it. <laughs> Essentially, it goes back to the BSA, the Bank Secrecy Act. In other words, it wasn't like, no, you can't do cannabis. It was like, your program isn't strong enough. Now, there were some other banks that were cited in their consent order, things like that. Again, for, for BSA failings. In those scenarios, they were not specifically cited for cannabis. However, anecdotally, we know that these are banks that have cannabis programs. They got cited, thus we assume. It was due to cannabis. All of this brings me to around to your to your question, which is, what do we do in that? Well, 
in order to 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 satisfy Finson expectations, look at the guidance. It's very laborious. <laughs> I should mention at this point that I I actually come from the banking world. I, I spent about twenty three years in in banking. I've actually personally okay. ran two separate cannabis banking programs, and so I have experience on both sides of the fence. It's a, a huge amount of work. We we used to have this statistic. We would say five to eight. That is to say, for every five to eight cannabis businesses you bank, you would have to add another body. That's how much. Wow. That's how much work is involved. This is why in the early days you used to hear like ten thousand dollars a month for like just just for a checking account. This mm-hmm. is because I mean, look, maybe there was some profiteering involved, but this is because you had to hire so many people just to bank. Like, like if imagine if you had a hundred cannabis businesses. That would be like the biggest department of the whole bank. <laughs> um, yeah. Conversely, we have clients using software that are banking 50, 60, 80 accounts per FTE, a full-time employee. FTE hours are mm-hmm. how compliance resources is measured by our regulators. So what mm-hmm. do we do? It, it's not that we've solved the puzzle per se. The puzzle, in theory, was solved by FinCEN 2014 guidance. What we did was... We came in and said, this process, this manual process is, is crazy. Like, it makes no sense. We're essentially comparing three pieces of data, right? So you've got money in the bank, sales receipts, they reported data. Now, imagine back in my day, that's like literally me going through like Excel spreadsheets and like pivot tables, which is obviously something that can be automated with software. Uh, uh, so whether it's a question of accuracy, scalability, resource, and look, accuracy, right? Even if you're willing to throw bodies at it, it doesn't mean you're doing it well. It's a, is way more complex than, than anybody could possibly imagine, but you understand based on your explanation as to how we got here. Let's just fast forward because we don't have a ton of time left, but there's really um, a couple things that I wanted to just touch on before. In, in the process, if, if, if I owned a cannabis company, maybe I don't have a, a, a bank to, to work with. That's when I reach out to your company and you help me through that process? Yes, let, let, in a, so what do we do about all this history, right? <laughs> so in a practical sense today, so good news, bad news, right? Your entrepreneurs that want, that have a cannabis business that are looking for banking, they should be able to find an account. However, mm-hmm. there's only going to be a handful in any given state. So yeah, it'll be okay. hard to find. It, it will be a, a, a tougher process. If you, you've got, again, especially your experienced entrepreneurs that are used to walking into a bank with three, four pieces of paper, and that account could be opened that week, that day even, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen here. If, if there's anybody out there looking, looking for accounts, having trouble, please absolutely feel free to reach out. We work with just 127th is my current roster. So banks and, and or credit union all over the country that are banking cannabis. What I would suggest as an advice is, uh, well, one, be patient <laughs> because as I mentioned, it's not going to be a day. It's not going to be a week. Average, industry average is around a month, believe it or not. It's required is, is a lot. Now, the good news with respect to documents is what the bank is looking for, what the FinCEN 2014 guidance says is they're really just making sure that you're state legal. So what they're looking for, mm-hmm. honestly, is very close to what you're probably prepared to give the state anyway. So literally just CC them on your application, right? But actually, I would take it a step further. Now, I think we're in a different phase of banking. Like it used to be like, oh, I need an account. I just Anybody that could give me an account, I'll take it. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I would say you're looking for improvements in capability, capacity, and cost. 
So you're shopping. Right. Yeah. I, especially cost. Like I don't yeah. want to pay $10,000 a month if I don't have to. That's right. That's right. So, so my advice would actually be to nibble around the edges. I shop literally, right? Like ask your bank or credit union, have you, have you done cannabis before? Because what you don't want is a is a brand new program, especially if they're doing it on their own. It's different if they're not to be self serving, but if they're working with experienced operators like us, we're we're bringing them up the right way, so to speak. <laughs> but and again, Dan, you've been around a while. In the early days, there used to be a lot of banks that would jump in and jump out. So that's where mm-hmm. you used to hear horror stories of people like having gone through like ten banks, right? Yes, yes, yes. So I would I would definitely ask. Hey, what's your experience? Do you, have you done cannabis before? What are your costs? Who are your partners? Uh, and this is important for the merchant as well. One of the things that has dramatically changed the picture is all the support players like us, like the the POS providers, think of Dutchy Trees. As better data became available in cannabis, it made the banking easier. And frankly, yeah. that that's where we make a living. We we ingest that data. And we, and that's how we're able to spit out good reports that make the banks feel comfortable. That makes a lot of sense. It's part of the maturation process yeah. of the industry. And, and I think that what you're doing is, a, is sort of consolidating all that data and information for not just the banks, but also for the cannabis companies that are either having trouble or they maybe want to try to find a better solution for what they're already doing. I think that's a, a really important takeaway from this company. You know there are there are other options, and you guys have done a great job of of helping to expand the options and also helping to 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 give cannabis companies a place where they can explore the other options. I think that's really important. We could go on. There's so much about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I actually I actually was going to say that what we might want to do is want to have a um, a round two, and um, we can maybe get. In, you know, more nuanced aspects of what we're doing because it's such an important part of the industry. And, and you know, there is some urban legends, but I think they're based in reality. Some of them are yes. based in reality. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm going to have the links to um, Green Check Verified in our show notes. I saw on your website that you have consulting services. That's one of the one of the services that you bring to anybody that's interested. Is that correct? Yeah, Dan, we, we, we haven't talked about financing, payment, <laughs> everything like that. So absolutely, yeah. But yes, consulting services, we, so we help a bank, help lenders. Any, so basically what we're doing is we're starting to think, well, who else might want this service, right? So pull that aperture back. We've made a way to make cannabis banking more digestible for banks, for financial institutions. How can we bring that same core competency to anybody else? So, for example, insurance companies, lenders, payment companies. So yeah. that, that, that's sort of the next step in our evolution. Well, like I said, 10 minutes is certainly not long <laughs> enough to, to tackle this topic, but it, but it definitely warrants um, another time on the show. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let, we'll get that on the books and people can stay tuned for that. But um, this gives you enough to wet your whistle. So you, at least you know what Green Check Verified is all about. And like I said, go to their website and... Peter, I'm glad you could do this today, and I I wish we had more time. (laughs) And thanks again for doing it. All right, Dan. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today 
where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.